Welcome to the Public Speaking Experts Podcast with Elliot Kay and Jose Yukar. Every week we bring the tips, tools, and strategies for you to become a world-class public speaker. We bring you guests, experts, and authorities in the field of public speaking to enrich you and enhance your public speaking journey. Remember to subscribe, rate, and comment. And now, please welcome your hosts, Elliot and Jose. Yes, people, we are back with another episode. That's right, we're back with another episode. I'm so excited. We've got Jose's in the house. Joe, of course, I'm part of the podcast, Elliot. I'm here, oh, yeah. of course, I'm oh, here. Yeah. I forgot, yeah? I forgot. Remember? So we have another guest. Yeah, Daryl Stinson in the house. All the way in the US of A. Whereabouts in the US are you, Daryl? I am in Metro Atlanta. Atlanta, yes. The place of, I don't know anything about Atlanta. What is Atlanta known for? Gambling. Diversity, history, culture. Yes. And more. That's exactly Football, what I was thinking of. Entertainment. Football, baseball, entertainment, food, meat. Do you have like a cool restaurant that everyone goes to because the best burger in town or something like that? There's a few, but I feel like there's hidden gems in every community. Oh, very good answer. Very good answer. Love Welcome that. to the Public Speaking Expert Podcast. We're super excited. As you know, every now and then we just bring, we, you know, we handpick, we choose our guests. We like... You know, we, we go, ooh, yeah, is that, the, you know, yeah, cha, 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 cha. And then we go, you, sir, you, ma'am, you want to be on our show. No, that's not true. Actually, please be on our show. Please be it's, on our show. It's and today we have a treat for you, Jose. I'm speaking. It's very I'm speaking. interesting because I know, I know you're speaking. I'm speaking. Because the one thing we, Daryl, just so you know, the one thing we didn't do was to pick our partners for the, for the podcast. That's the one thing we missed, mm. or, you know. Yeah, I'm sorry you got stuck with this guy. I don't, I, you know, sometimes we just got to deal with adversity in life, you know? How dare wow. you both. Life has been you both get this. stones at me. Boo! That's what you both get. Right. Awesome. So very quickly, my name is Elliot Kay, and I am one half of the Public Speaking Expert podcast. I work with business owners, entrepreneurs to help them stand out, be more giraffe. And as we speak, my book is being launched, Stand Out as a Speaker and Be More Giraffe. Could I say even more what it does on the tin? That's book number five on its way to a bestseller. Fingers crossed. Uh, that's a little about me. Over to Jose, and then let's hand it to Daryl to introduce himself. Jose, over to you. Amazing stuff, buddy. Congratulations on the fifth book. I'm Duk? super excited about that. Yeah, the book. The book. So, <laughs> yes, that's, that's the thing. Duk. I wanted to say, look, people, the book and the book and the book, both. So if you want to find out more about the book, just DM me. Right. I'm a communication <laughs> and public speaking coach, and I help people in business to do just what I've done, you know, to mess it up when you're speaking and then find a way to sort it out on the go. So that could be a bit of improvisation. That's fine. It's not exactly helping people with accents to stand out, connect and deliver their greatness no matter what. So this is what I do. And now we're going to pass on the mic to the one and only the, hold on a second. I'm thinking about a greater introduction. The, the Count of Monte Cristo, yeah, the legend, the king of Sting, Daryl Stingston. I wanted to rhyme it, but you know. That's right. You know, because I really think you should leave the clever stuff to me. Just saying. <laughs> Over to you, Daryl. Do you want to say hello and introduce yourself? Yeah. Hello, everyone. Um, I am a father, a husband. I 
love storytelling. I say that um, I think uh, above all of that, the thing that ties me together is I, I, I love helping people make their purpose profitable and their hope tangible. And I, I do that through primarily public speaking and coaching and things like that. But uh, that's what I really care about. I really care about people's purpose and what they want to do with their life and what they feel, you know, uniquely designed to do. And, and I also uh, want them to make a great living at doing it. And then, of course, that hope, if you're down in that low place, because I'm a suicide survivor and um, have, have, have come out of some darkness, I want people to have hope, but I want them to have tangible results from that hope. And so that's where I help people, um, you know, turn their hope and make it tangible. So really love that. Welcome. Welcome to the Public Speaking Expert Podcast. And thank you for joining us. So let's let, you know, let's, let's go by your last statement, right? Um, Let's dive in there a little bit, although the show's not about that. Obviously, it's about public speaking and expertise. But that's such a big part of your story is, you know, you're being an expert survivor. So tell us about that day, um, if you're happy to go there. Tell us about that day when you're like, you know what, that's it. Uh, it's over, which would be an accumulation of things, no doubt, and would have happened over time. But then tell us uh, coming out the other side as well. So tell us kind of like, that's it, I'm going to do it, and tell us how you didn't do it. And, yeah. you know, how that now leads to hope over to you. Yeah. So I was uh, a senior in college and I was had just lost my football career. I was planning to go to the NFL, play at the next level and a back injury had took that away from me and some opioid addiction that um, I had gotten into. Uh, I was uh, only person I was speaking to about my mental health struggles was my girlfriend, my high school sweetheart who I had been dating for four and a half years. Mm -hmm. And she's a typical high school sweetheart. You know, we uh, carved my, my, our initials and in trees together. We put my last name next to her first name in cursive. We, oh. we came up with the names of our children and we picked out the place we wanted to live. And we had our favorite movie and our favorite song and everything was just perfect, you know? And uh, I would confide in her. And one day I am sitting in a, a 2000 and, uh, 2006 Dodge Stratus, and I and I'm six foot five. So just imagine this big guy crammed in this little bitty <laughs> car, and I'm depressed, and I'm I'm ready to make my last attempt at suicide. And uh, your last the, attempt, my last attempt, meaning that this was going to be the one where I finally did something that I I knew for sure would work. I had right. tried some other things before then. Uh, that weren't as serious of an attempt, meaning like, you know, I tried to swallow some pills, hoping to overdose. I tried drinking to the point where my body couldn't recover. I tried to starve myself and went from 275 pounds to 219 pounds in four weeks. All of this just wow. to get out of the pain of life and out of the pain of failure that I was experiencing. And so I'm in this car and I uh, pick up the phone to call my uh, girlfriend and I said, "Will you please come to me? Just come talk to me." And she was like, "Oh, you're gonna be okay, Daryl. It's gonna be all right." And I'm like, "No, you don't understand. Like, I'm I'm not feeling like I don't want to be here. I don't have anybody. I just really need you to come talk to me." And she would not come. And every other time, she would come to my rescue. We would find a place to meet, and everything would be okay. And when I started to call around and ask some of her friends why she wouldn't come to be with me, I found out that she left me and got engaged to another man. And this is wow. while you're in a car thinking about killing yourself. Exactly. 
And oh when I gosh. found that out, I got frustrated. I probably called her custer all the way clean out. Um, I said this was it. And I uh, smoked a blunt of marijuana and uh, finished the alcohol that I was drinking. And I wrote my suicide letter. And I decided that I was going to drive my vehicle into oncoming traffic on a highway. And so I started heading 75 miles per hour down the 35 mile per hour road. I'm raging. I'm crying. I'm like mad at the world. I'm going to show everybody that, you know, you know, I, nobody cared about me being here. So I'm just going to wipe myself from this planet. And in the middle of doing that, I noticed that my cell phone started to flash and I picked it up just to hit the end button, but I got big fingers. And so I accidentally hit the call, the answer button. And it was my mother. And my mother just had that intuition. She said, son, I don't know what you're doing. I just feel on my heart that I need you to come to me and allow me to get you some help. And she didn't know I was in the middle of a suicide attempt, but she had that mother's intuition. And I answered the phone and I drove three and a half hours to meet her. And long story short, she admitted me into a psychiatric care facility. And it was there that I found that hope that I was talking about. Uh, that my life had meaning and purpose outside of sports. And that hope was dangerous because it wasn't something that I had before. I was in complete darkness with no light. And that little bit of light at the end of the tunnel gave me enough edge and motivation to be like, I'm going to figure out what to do with my life beyond sports. And so uh, after doing some inner healing in that place and leaving, I started this journey of, you know, what was stepping into my voice, my power um, as a speaker. I, I used to be so insecure to speak that I would leave the room when people would do icebreakers, kind of like how we introduced ourselves a little bit. Yeah. And I would leave the room and fake like I had to go to the bathroom so that they would skip over me and I would not have to speak in front of people. And I was terrible at it. I couldn't put two sentences together. I'm self-diagnosed ADHD. And like, it was so hard for me to learn how to be myself in front of other people. And I hated it with all my life. But deep down inside, I knew sharing my story could impact other people. Deep down inside, I knew that I had this calling or this intuition or this desire to, to, to be a entertainer, to be a public speaker, to be a thought leader. But I had to overcome that inward insecurity and practice and learn and fail a lot in order to get to the place where I actually could be good enough to not hate it when I got up there. Yeah, wow. First of all, I got goosebumps hearing your, your story like a couple of times. Do you think maybe unconsciously you did want to press the answer? Do you think that was kind of a like consciously you're going hang up, but unconsciously is like, no, I really I'm not Probably. quite ready. Probably from what I know now about the subconscious mind and the conscious mind. Yeah, I probably desperately wanted help and wanted to answer and my body probably responded accordingly. That's so good. I'm so glad yeah. to hear that that happened. Jose, I can, I can feel there's a question bumbling. You can definitely feel many things about me, Elliot. Daryl, buddy, what a pleasure to have you on the show today. What a story. And you have shared this before. I've heard parts of it. So... I have two questions. I'm going to go with the first one and then we see how we go with the other one. Elliot may, may ask it because he likes to take away my things as well. So <laughs> but let's not make it personal. Let's not make it about us. It's about you today. So Daryl, all of this great story, all of this background, yeah. how do you use it today on the stage 
to inspire people? Hmm. I think the first thing I do is I be I, I choose to be myself. And I think as public speakers, it's always a, a choice because we always have the event planners expectations and wants. We have the comparison of ourselves to other speakers. We have all the different personality types and demographics within an audience who have an expectation of what they feel like a speaker should be or what they feel like a speaker should bring. But I take all of that and I take it into consideration and then I choose to be myself. And the reason why is because uh, if you study my journey and my story, you see I spent a lot of my life putting up a false persona, trying to earn affirmation and approval from other people that when I survived uh, my suicide attempts and, and came out of that psychiatric experience that I shared earlier, I made a decision that I would rather be real and be rejected than to be fake and be accepted. And so the first thing I do is I choose to be myself. I, I tell myself, hey, this is all great feedback. I know people have expectations. I'm going to deliver value, but I'm going to do it in a way that's authentic to me. And one way just to make that concrete is the way that I open my speeches. So uh, sometimes I do have a, a, a quote or a, 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 a statement that's an intention grabber and all the good stuff that we're trained to do as public speakers. But I like speaking like I like conversating and I often don't open up conversations with the quote <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, Elliot, nice to meet nice you. One. Eric Thomas once said, you know, like I'm not just not, I'm just, just not like that. And so I like, I like introducing people to my train of thought. So I remember the first time it was risky because no one expected me to open up a speech that way. They were waiting for the quote or if I was in church, the scripture or the traditional, thank you for bringing me here. I'm so excited. I'm going to talk about, they were waiting for any type of traditional opening. And I came in, I said, man, you know, this morning was rough. And I was thinking about uh, how I could get out of today's speaking engagement without ruining my brand reputation. But isn't that just like us as humans? The moment we get close to an opportunity to impact the lives of other people, something, fear, worry, overwhelm, gets in our way. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Mm, and like it, it felt more authentic to me. And, and, and so that is, that is just an example of one of the things that I do to answer your question. Go on, Jose. Get Go on. I won't steal it. I won't steal it. Go on. You answer All right, All righty. All righty. I get a second question, Daryl. Fantastic. <laughs> I love that answer, and I think it's so important. And I, I, I loved it in the fact that, yeah, I don't start my conversations with another person with a quote. You know? so, yeah. <laughs> Elliot K. once said, I don't think he said much, but, you know, I hope he will. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, Daryl. <laughs> so, my, my next question is, I mean, you, you're sharing a story that is... Powerful can be, I mean, it is a bit, you know, it is raw. It's, you know, down to earth. It's something that could happen to anyone. So as you know, we, we tend to speak about telling a story from a heel scar or an open wound. Elliot K and said that, I, by the way. Okay. Then Elliot K did say <laughs> that. Maybe he just said it today. So <laughs> no, Elliot always he repeated it. He repeated it after me. Okay. He always says it. <laughs> and I copied it from Elliot. Okay. Yeah. Ma, mia culpa. Mia culpa. Uh, so, Daryl, how, how, because that was my, my feeling when you told the story, how do you get it to that point from being, you know, 
yeah, an open wound to a heel scar from which you can speak because we get this question a lot as well. So I'm sure the audience will benefit from from your view on it, your perspective. Thank you. Yeah, I, the first thing I would say, I would free people from thinking that there's one right way to do it because I think that's one of the things that keeps people paralyzed is there's probably a hundred different ways to share uh, a place of your pain or piece of your story that is vulnerable uh, without trauma dumping on people or without uh, you know becoming overwhelmed by the emotions to the point where you can't finish your speech or it distracts people from the content itself. And, and yet I, I feel like people think there's only one way and so that's the first thing is there's freedom to have options. I'll, uh, a couple of things. Uh, here's, a, here's something different that I'm sure most people don't say. I believe that in part, sometimes healing comes in doing and that we keep waiting till it's a closed wound. We keep waiting till it's a scar. We keep waiting till we're at a, a certain level of degree of healing from something before we step up and share our message and our story. And while I believe we should have some reservations, I think that there is some healing that comes in doing. When I wrote my book, there was a lot of healing that came from that. When I stepped up and uh, shared my speech, especially in the early days, I was still a little timid. I did a, a few times probably lose it on stage and, 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 and have people come up to me feeling sorry for me, you know, wanting to counsel me and console me. And, and that's where I, I healed from that moment. Um, I tell the, the best way that I know to describe it is this. We all as human beings have this desire to be fully known and fully loved. Okay. We want to be fully known and fully loved. And it's impossible to be fully loved if you're not fully known. If you've got secrets and no one knows about them, when people tell you they love you, your first response is not going to be thank you. It's going to be, but would they love me if they really knew me? And so in order to receive that love from people, we have to model vulnerability. And sometimes that does mean speaking from a place that might be still a little bit of an open wound. And, and you might have to allow people to love you in that moment for that healing to come. I don't suggest doing it in the world's largest keynote, <laughs> but you can do it on a stage. You can do it in a smaller setting. For me, I started in addiction recovery. Because I knew one thing, no matter how vulnerable I got about my abuse, about my addiction, about my depression and suicidal ideations and attempts, that there was going to be people that could relate and would not be alarmed by that in that room because they come from molestation and, and bad parenting and broken homes. And so I found an environment where there were people more broken than me <laughs> um, in areas who who could then love me in my brokenness. And that allowed some healing. I never used to tell my story as, as being an addict and addicted to opioids until I started speaking in front of addiction recovery groups and realized I was more like them than I realized. And then I started mm -hmm. to incorporate that language into my keynotes. And so that's one of the things that we do um, is it only comes in the clarity of in the practice of doing it in front of people and allowing that love to bring healing to your life. Fantastic. Beautiful. Thank you Great so much for that, Tyrell. Yeah, so let's let's talk a little bit about about that because another question we get is where do you find the balance? So obviously we I, I've done very similar to you because you know certain talks I talk about, you know, when I was twelve I was raped and then I talk I grew up with an alcoholic dad and you know 
then other times I don't mention that at all. In fact, I very rarely do now with what I do. But if 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 the if the talk demands and the moment's right, I'll open up about it. And I think there's a couple of things I want to dive in with you, Daryl. Is number one, how do you develop that that toolkit? I talk about a lot to to dip in, tap into that emotion, then dip out again. So be able to do that. Yeah. And then the other question I want to ask you is, how do you find the balance of where to go and what to share? Yes. Let me cover balance because my answer came immediately. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I actually don't look for balance. I instead, uh, I was going to say focus on focus, <laughs> but I'll try not to use, but I, I, I see it as focusing, not balancing. And that's okay. a very key distinction. So as imagine if we're like, I've got this big ball of a story, this big lump of a story to tell, and I'm trying to balance it. Like how much do I leave out? How much do I leave in? It's like, you're like this. And balancing is really hard for me. Even as an athlete, I'm terribly unbalanced. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I played football. I can just run unorthodox through people, you know. Uh, but focusing, I can focus. So when I think about focus, I think about where is the speech headed? What is the outcome that I want for my audience? And I start to see how much I should share and how much I shouldn't share, share through the lens of if it's guiding me in the right direction. So when I talk, when I think about how much of my depression and that story and that emotion do I share, I don't say, how do I balance it? I say, what, what parts of that story is necessary to communicate the point of my speech? And that eliminates certain things. And then I don't have to go. Most of the times I don't have to go to the depths of my darkness because the goal of the speech is not to pull people to the depth. The goal of the speech is to pull people to the mountain. It's to help mm-hmm. people to see the promise. It's to help people to see the benefit, the positivity, the the opportunity in their adversity. And so all I need to do is paint the picture of uh, the fact that I had some adversity. I had some thoughts. I felt low. But here's what I did with that low moment. Because yeah. it is their low moment that matters more than my own low moment. I am not the star of the story. They are. I'm just using yeah. my story to guide them through their most powerful, authentic self. And so I focus on focus versus um, <laughs> trying to balance it all. Amazing. What about yeah. having the ability to, again, I guess, building on your answer, is it a case of like, because I've worked very hard mm-hmm. to have that emotional toolkit that I'm able to open up, go in. Yeah. To that emotion, be true to it. I mean, being real, it's not acting. I don't believe in acting. I believe in being, yep. being present to the emotion, yep. going there, and then yep. be equally being able to leave it there and come back out and not be a mess. Yeah. How did you go about developing or that for you? Or do you, again, judging no, what, by what, what you're you saying, do you just go What you, you just said, what you just said is, yeah. is exactly how I did it. I focused on being in the story, right? And right. so when I'm in that story and I'm in the car and I'm like, I'm there. I'm fully there. It does. It, I, it, if I let myself go too much, I'm going to burst into full blown tears and, and, and get back to that place. Yeah. But I know that, that, that would cause me to lose focus. Right. And so when I'm, when I'm, when I'm there and, and I'm in the car and I'm calling the girl or and I'm answering the phone with my mom, I'm telling that vividly. And then I know that the point of me telling this story is because there's a shift coming. It's because uh-huh. there's a, a change in narrative because I'm getting ready to have a character change. And so I start to embody the new character. 
right? So once I get into the psychiatric unit and there's a whole story there, but any, whenever I get to the point to where I'm pulling myself out of the, the trauma or the pain and into the point or the, the outcome or the, or the takeaway, the lesson learned, I then embody that. So when you ask yourself, how do you do it? That's how I do it. So I'm there and then I start to feel myself come out of, of, out of the adversity. And now I'm like, you can do anything you put your mind to. And I'm embodying the, 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 the confidence, the posture, the tone of voice that I need to have in order to transfer that belief into other people, to transfer that energy and that confidence from myself and from within to other people. And I can't stay in stuck land trying to transfer that energy. And I used to do that. I used to close mm-hmm. my speeches with, and I, cause I used to believe that I had to make people cry and feel my emotion in order to change because I thought that's how I changed. And so I would tell them, man, if you, I, I'm telling you this because I'm a suicide survivor and I just want you to live your best life. Look at my body language. My fists are crunched. My eyes are closed. My shoulders are shrunk in and I'm telling people I want them to live big while my body and my tone is saying, be small. And I'm not, I'm not embodying it and bringing them out of it. And I started to get people, when I closed my speech that way to get people to you know live their best life, they would come up to me afterwards feeling sorry for me. And they would be like, probably because I ended my speech like this in pain. Yeah. <laughs> and they would be like, Daryl, your story is so inspiring. I hope you're okay. Like we're here for you. And I'm like, Dude, I'm fine. And so I realized that I wasn't embodying. <laughs> yeah. So then I started to close my speeches and be like, I just want you to know that even though you get low, you can still get up. Even though you struggle, you can still push forward. Nothing formed against you will ever be able to prosper because you've got greatness within you. And when I started to change the way I ended it, same kind of story, similar content, different voice, different presence, different body language. It changed the outcome. And so mm-hmm. people who have traumatic stories tend to focus more on their trauma than they do their transformation. Yeah. And you have to be skilled enough to focus on both when you need to. Lovely, lovely. Jose, Loved any it. questions or are you good? I've got questions. I'm also mindful of the time. So how are we doing with time in terms of questions or asking Daryl for his top tips when it comes to speaking? Why don't you ask your next question and then we can go to top tips? Because you'll know it's top tips because you're here. Oh, yeah. Let's go to your question. Twice. All right. So we're going to go to questions. Daryl, my man, thank you very much for this. And being connected with you, being connected with the audience, I love all of that, the power of the body language and how you're conveying that message, those emotions at an unconscious level as well. And then you're getting the feedback. I love that. What would you say to people, you know, that stand on stage? What would you say to them in order to turn up as the best version of themselves? What would you say? Look, this is what I do in order to I I would like what, what I'm doing is I would like to pick on your strategy, how you do it and see what I can learn, what the audience can learn in terms of how do you turn as the best version of you every time you speak? Hmm. Yeah. So there was a lot of preparation that happens before I ever put together the speech. In order to be yourself, you have to know yourself. So there's a few things I know about myself that go into the formulation of the speech before I even get to it. The first thing I know is I know my purpose and I, I, I've, I've got a whole process on this. It's in my book. It's a course, all that stuff. 
but there I I had to find something that was more fulfilling than to me than sports was, which I is what I call my purpose. And it took me about five years of researching every major world religion, reading uh, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, Simon Sinek's Why, going through leadership experiences, doing self-assessments, personality assessments, all trying to figure out what my purpose in life was and who I was. And the more clarity I had around my purpose and the more clarity I had around my personality and my authenticity, the, the better I was at being in the speech than I was at performing the speech. So I would say to a person that that is, you have to know yourself in order to be yourself. Spend time taking personality assessments, dissessments, Myers-Briggs, I I mean, uh, uh, Finder, Enneagram, uh, anything you can find that helps you gain a better picture of you and how you like to behave is going to be helpful. Also spend time practicing some of those unique nuances of your personality when you speech in a, when you speak in a safer setting. So I mentioned the way that I opened. There's several different things that I had to do prior to my current process and my development. I would have to try new things to get used to feeling like, hey, this is how I like to deliver certain points. This is how because because before I was just imitating people I watched and I wasn't being authentic. So I had to kind of test it out and figure out like what works and what actually doesn't, what fits and what actually doesn't. And once I figure that out and I get to the point where now I'm getting ready to do a keynote and somebody's hired me. The first thing I do is I learn as much as I can about the audience. I actually follow a four-step process that I've learned from Bishop Jakes, and it is this. Uh, It is study yourself full, think yourself clear, pray yourself hot, and let yourself go. So study yourself full is where I just research everything about the topic, about my audience that I can get my hands on. Like I want to know about them, and I want to know about the, the subject matter of expertise, right? And, and that's studying myself full, like just getting everything full of the information and then thinking myself clear. Now here's where I'm taking all of that information. I'm asking myself, what is the best way to convey my most powerful idea to the audience? Okay, because I'm all about transferring a concept, an idea. My speech, you're enough, is, is the idea that this one belief can actually transform your mental health better than any other modality. That's the idea we're spreading. So I, I, I find that and I'm thinking myself clear. And then I say, what's, what's the necessary points, the necessary illustrations, the necessary data, the necessary stories that I need to tell to transfer that idea from my mind to theirs. Okay. And, and then, and then once I think myself clear, that also includes the transitions how do I make this a smooth oiled machine? So as I practice it out loud, I start to see I'm getting stuck here and stuck here and this doesn't make sense. And so I tweak it and tweak it and tweak it until it becomes smooth like a baby's bottom, you know? And, and, and then I pray myself hot. And whether you're a person of faith and you believe in prayer or not, you still can apply the principles. The principle of praying yourself hot is, is that you, you allow the full impact that your message could have on the world to rest in your heart. This is how you show up in with authority because you know your message will have impact. So I will sit there at the top of my speech, to, um, my manuscript or my outline. I have a little box of what is the result of this message and what will happen if people do not implement what you say. 
and that what will happen if people do not implement what you say i am extreme like i go to the furthest extent like even when i was doing marketing consulting and i was teaching the four c's of effective marketing I would like be like, if they don't do this, like their company's going to go bankrupt. Like they're going to like have to lay off all of their employees. Like their community is just going to waste away and be tumbleweeds. Like I would just build it up to the most extreme extent because somewhere through the history of time, there is somebody who didn't listen to the principles or that I'm getting ready to share. And that was the reality. So I, I, I want to deliver it as if it's that powerful of a message. So that's what praying yourself hot is. It's embodying that and ingraining that message so deep in your heart. And then letting yourself go is about realizing that there's going to be stuff in the moment that happens. There's going to be a look that you get where somebody is not interested and you just got to let yourself go. Let that stuff fall off, roll off your body like rain and just keep on going and have fun and enjoy the experience. So that's the process that I follow in order to produce the speeches. That's amazing. I give that look to Jose all the time and he still comes back. So, you know, what can I say? Some people just don't get it. <laughs> Buddy, I let no, I let that's... myself I let myself go years ago. So I think that's that's the problem <laughs> or the advantage. I let myself go every time I'm on stage. I just let myself go. <laughs> there you go. Well, amazing. There's various wow, ways powerful. to let yourself go, but we won't go into that right now, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So really great stuff. So Daryl. <laughs> what are your top tips for anybody who wants to take somebody that's been through something similar to you and wants to transfer that to become a speaker, give us your three juicy nuggets. Over to you. Yes. Know yourself. Be yourself. Hire a coach. <laughs> <laughs> I no, love that. Okay. That was it. I was expecting some long explanation. <laughs> but there you go. Know hey, yourself. You, you be yourself. Got, hire a coach. Go, go rewind the rest of the episode. There's all the long explanations. At the end of the day, <laughs> know yourself. Be yourself. Hire a coach. Practice your craft. Show up, study, put in the work, the effort. Don't quit because you blank in the middle of your speech. Don't quit because you forget your train of thought. Don't quit because someone you saw someone perform better than you. Don't quit because you were on a panel and you had the least to say out of everyone that was in the panel. Just study, take the feedback, grow, know yourself, be yourself, hire a coach and practice your craft. Boom. I love that. Love it. I love that. Beautiful, that was amazing. You definitely get this. You definitely get this. Hundred percent, all the way, baby. Bravo, bravo, bravo. So, Daryl, how do people, uh, how do people find out about you? Connect with you? What are your books called? This is your time to shine. Over to you. Yes, go to my website, DarylStinson.com, and I'm sure the links will be in the show notes. And I have so many resources to give to people. Of course, I have coaching programs, and I've got a best-selling book called "Who Am I After Sports." If you're a former athlete or anyone in a season of transition, the book is a great resource for you. Uh, feel free to go pay Amazon and give them all of my money and they'll send me the pennies. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fine. I'm not salty about it. I just, I care about the impact and I will write 20 books. And, um, and so uh, I'm working on my second book now, but I say get connected, especially I send out this resource every Thursday for speakers called the speaker's briefcase. I started it in the middle of the pandemic because so many speakers or businesses were getting shut down and they couldn't find opportunity. And I felt like I could help with my network. And so I gave them some exercises to just improve their communication skill and ability, but also some free speaking leads of, of events that were hiring speakers, just 10 of them, it's a smorgasbord. 
um, you know, people probably will find two or three that apply to their topic or niche, but it's free. And I send it out every single Thursday. Our team puts it together. So it's a great resource. I'll be happy to send you a link for it as well. And uh, yeah, just reach out if there's any way that I can be a blessing or help to you. Uh, if you want me as a guest or a speaker, or you just want some advice or some perspective or a referral or introduction, like I'm a really approachable person because I wholeheartedly believe that there's only win-win scenarios in life. That when you win, Jose, I win. That when you win, Elliot, I win. So I'm happy to elevate voices of other people. There's one intro that I would love you to do if you could. Okay. Uh, we really want to get we want to get David Goggins on the podcast. Can you help David, us with that? I so I may be able to. I All right. To. We're, we're, I, I know someone who knows David pretty well. Great. Well, I even there said we that we've contacted the office. We said we'll put money towards his chosen charity. So we're willing to pay for his appearance. Okay. Uh, if you can, if you can help facilitate that, then Oscar, Oscar, who's Oscar? Jose, okay. <laughs> we'll love you forever. Okay. No, we will love you forever. Well, well I, I love you. Oscar, Oscar will love you as well. No, absolutely. That would be fantastic, Darrell. Yeah, and Oscar. Well, he's going to okay. be probably the next speaker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't know okay. where that came from. Daryl, thank you so much for coming, sharing your heart, your soul, your knowledge, your expertise, your wisdom. Um, I'm, I would love to have you back because I just know we're scratching the surface. So yeah. when the time's right, we'd love to invite you back and, and carry on because I think you're a man of great depth, great insight, but more than anything, great heart. And that's what really matters to us. So, you know, we've been on Clubhouse together and, uh, you know, you've cried on Clubhouse and we're very moved yeah. by that. And of course, if there's anything we can do for you, Jose and myself, introduction, connection, if there's something we can do to support your greatness, please do ask. You know, it's a two-way thing. Yes, I have one ask of you and all of our listeners. Go be your most powerful, authentic self. Do not shrink anything about your dreams, your personality, your wants, your desires to make other people feel comfortable around you. Don't shrink because you're afraid. Rise to the occasion. Go make your book a bestseller, Elliot. Go take this podcast to even greater links around the world because I so wholeheartedly believe that there's so many more people that you both will impact and so will our listeners that we all just have to say yes to our heart's desires. Amen. And I think that's the perfect wow. way to end the show. Perfect. Thank you Darryl, so much. Thank you. Till the next time. You've been listening to the Public Speaking Experts Podcast with Elliot Kay and Jose Ucar. Follow us on Instagram and join us next week for even more. Remember to always speak your greatness. Subscribe, rate, and comment.